Veritas, good morning. I am just really grateful to be able to join you today. And um, look, I know it's not lost on any of us that we're, we're not all together at the same place at the same time, but there really is a sense that we're all together in this moment, right? We're, we're collectively looking to our Father, hearing from His Word, experiencing this, this communion between us and the Father, and even between each other in a, in a very spiritual, mystical way that, um, man, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of this family, even if for now we're having to communicate a little awkwardly, all right? We are marching our way through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I don't know if marching your way through would be <laughs> the right way to state that. We're actually kind of taking a very slow, deliberate walk through the Lord's Prayer. And Man, I hope that it is, is sinking in a little deeper into your soul, the fact that we are taking this, this slow walk through it. I know that it is for me. In fact, this morning we're getting to the, the third phrase or stanza of the Lord's Prayer as Jesus is really teaching us how to pray. And today we're only going to cover six words, okay? <laughs> like, I don't know in all of my years of teaching this book if I've ever taught exclusively on just six words, all right? So today we're going to be focusing on give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And even though there is, you know, a very um, obvious way to, to understand those six words, they are very plain and easy to understand. Um, there's also a depth to them that, that I want to just, yeah, take some moments to linger here for a bit. But I want you to know as I do that, that um, it's not like you need to have some secret glasses to kind of see things that, that are not obvious on the scripture. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I, I, I dislike it a lot when there are Bible teachers that try to plumb some depths and, or some intricacies that end up making the common reader or listener feel like, well, man, why do I even bother reading this Bible? I would have never gotten that out of this text or whatever, right? You don't need some kind of secret decoder ring, you know, to understand some of these obvious truths. Um, as, as I was thinking about that, let me just take you on a little journey with me. Here's how my mind, my, my stream of consciousness works. I was thinking of secret decoder rings, and I thought of Johnny Quest, because that was this cartoon character when I was growing up. And Johnny Quest you know, he'd be on some adventure with his father and scientist sidekick and all that. And they'd always get in some, you know, mishap. And so they'd need to leave word for each other and get separated because the bad guy's there. And either, either his dad would leave, you know, some carving in a tree trunk or flash from his decoder ring, some kind of Morse code. And then Johnny would be able to, you know, do his wizardry with his ring and figure out what his father was trying to communicate. And he'd go in and save the day. Anyway, here's what I'm saying. There is no secret decoder ring for the Bible. There, there are no magic glasses. There is no magic wand you can wave over it and to see things that aren't there. It's just that what we need to do is slow down long enough to see what is actually there. God is not trying to keep these things hidden. He's trying to display some things to us. It's just that we in our rush uh, tend to kind of go too fast and, and miss some things. So that said, let's start with what is pretty obvious about what Jesus is doing in teaching us these six words as part of this prayer. The first couple of stanzas or phrases for this prayer have actually taken, a, taken us to like the heights, these, these lofty places where we're taught to pray, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. So we're, 
we're made to think about the God of creation that we can call Father. And yet, even as we run toward him with this endearing, you know, Father on our lips, we're reminded that we are to have a reverential awe, a fear in a way of of his holiness, his grandeur. And so we're, we're asked to think about all that. That second phrase that we talked about, Mark led us through last week, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're talking about the whole created order, right? The heavens, the earth, let your kingdom come, let justice reign. Do for us here on this earth what you are doing in heaven, rule and reign, Lord Jesus, right? And that's even the the very last prayer of the whole Bible. Come, Lord Jesus, right? Come and make that all true. So we go from all this grandeur and and just the the heights in, in our prayer life, and we're almost just kind of rocketed down into the here and now with these six words, give us today our daily bread, all of a sudden, this third part of the prayer that Jesus teaches us is deeply personal. It's deeply tangible. It's very, man, I just want to use the word like near. You know what I'm saying? We're not casting our gaze to the heavens. All of a sudden, it's very near, very personal. And we're saying, give us today our daily bread. Now, Jesus uses bread, I I think, realistically, like give us bread to eat, right? (laughs) First century people that he's he's speaking to in this context are like most people around the earth, not just in ancient times, but even today where bread is like the staple food. That is how they sustain their lives is just by bread. Even our dear friends in Zambia have a form of bread that is the staple that everybody eats every single day. It's called enshima. Now, they don't bake it the way that we have our loaves of bread. It's actually more of a, a mash, but, but some form of grain bread is, is pretty much standard fare all around the globe of just what it takes to sustain an individual, to sustain a family. We even have this phrase in English called the breadwinner. What do, we, what do we mean when we refer to the breadwinner? Well, that's the person in the family that brings home the money in order to just sustain the family, right? To keep the family going, to pay the bills, whatever. And so when, when Jesus is saying, hey, pray this way, give us today our daily bread, he's really asking us to pray, Lord, I need my basic provisions right now. Sometimes it is actually bread, right? But it's whatever that takes to sustain me through this day, help me, Father. And, and what's beautiful is he's taught us to pray our Father. So we're looking to a Father who actually knows our needs, is aware of our needs, even more than we are. And that's who we're kind of entrusting this to. We're saying, Father, can you meet my basic needs? Now, when you think of the way that God can provide bread, um, it comes in a couple of different ways. Sometimes God literally just gives us what we need only specifically for that day. I'm thinking back in Exodus 16, okay? In Exodus 16, God provided for his people bread. It was called manna, and it was literally for that day. It was only enough for that day. I want to read from Exodus 16 for you to to let you know that this is sometimes the way God provides in answer to God, please give me my daily bread. Here's what it says in Exodus 16, starting in verse 13. It says, in the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. Israelites are kind of nomadic at this point. They're making their way to the promised land and they would come out of their tents, right, in the morning and they would see this layer of dew all around the camp. And when the layer of dew evaporated, there were 
fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? (laughs) Because they didn't know what it was. It, It was weird in their eyes. What is this flaky substance all over the ground? Moses told them, well, that is, here it is, the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the bread. This is your daily sustenance. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual, and according to the number of people that each of you has in his tent, right? Gather two quarts per human. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some little. And yet when they measured it out by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. What he was trying to say by giving man is, look, I'm going to give you exactly what you need per person for that day. And in fact, if you try to cheat and go out and gather more so you can throw some in the tent pantry or whatever, right? He goes, no, 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 magically, I'm going to make it be exactly what you need. And in fact, if you try to store it in jars and keep it for tomorrow, you're going to open that jar tomorrow and it's going to be infested with worms. It's going to stink. You're going to have to throw it out. Manna was God's way to say, no, I'm going to literally give you your daily bread, not your week's worth or anything. So magic was this manna that the day before Sabbath, he would give them a double portion so they could whip up twice as much bread. That wouldn't rot. Just on that particular day, it would last them through Sabbath so they wouldn't have to go out and work and gather. But every other day, it was just exactly for that day. What was it like? Well, later on in that chapter in verse 31, he says, the house of Israel named the substance manna. It it resembled coriander seed, was white and tasted like wafers made with honey. So it wasn't like distasteful, it was somewhat pleasant, but it certainly wasn't something you'd just crave, right? It was purely just to keep them alive day by day by day. So sometimes God does that, right? Sometimes we pray, Lord, would you give us today our daily bread? And he goes, okay, I'm going to give you exactly what you need today. Not more than that, not elaborate, not exquisite. Sometimes I'm just going to give you literally exactly what you need. But other times we pray that prayer and God actually provides in abundance, right? In fact, not long after he teaches us the Lord's Prayer deeper into the book of Matthew, he'll do things like feed 5,000 people. In fact, so much bread just instantly appears. God just provides bread so miraculously. 5,000 people eat, and then afterward, they're so full that there's stuff left over, and they full baskets full of the leftovers. So, So what I'm trying to say is God knows exactly what he wants to do when we pray, please, Lord, give us our daily bread. Sometimes it's going to be just exactly what we need. No more, no less. Sometimes it's just going to flow in abundance. And and sometimes it's just going to be exquisite. It's not just going to be like, oh, what's this powdery stuff called manna? Um, I have a friend, my my friend John, that is a a baker, a a bread baker. And uh, I'm showing you a picture of some of his bread that he's able to bake. And it's amazing. You guys, I, one time he texted me a picture of, of one of his loaves of bread. And I said, man, John, I don't know how you do that, but somehow I can smell that bread through my cell phone right now. It's just so real and so tantalizing, right? Here's what I'm trying to say. When we pray, please, Father, give us today our daily bread. Sometimes it's sustenance for the day. Sometimes it's abundance or it's lavish or whatever. But by praying that, what we're saying is we're we're making, and here's my first point, actually. I'm finally getting around to telling you what it is. 
The first point is this. When we pray these six simple words, it is a declaration of dependence, okay? It's a declaration of our dependence on our Father. We are saying in those six simple words, Lord, I'm depending on you. I don't know how much is coming from your hand or how little. I'm just trusting that it's what I'm going to need for today at the very least. And so give us today our daily bread. I'm, I'm expressing, I'm declaring my, my dependence on you. Okay. Well, if you linger long enough on those six words, um, that's, that's a beautiful just application of those words just right there. But we could go a little deeper. And here's the second thing that I want you to, to think about. I think when we linger long enough in praying those six words, those words actually become a confession of sin. A confession of sin. You say, well, how do you get that out of give us today our daily bread? Well, I think what it does when I pray that long enough and really mean it, let it mull around in my heart, um, I end up having to confess, Lord, I'm expressing my dependence on you because what's really true is I'm a chronic worrier. I worry so much. I'm anxious. I'm, a, I'm somewhat of a control freak. I want to know that everything's in order and I want to set everything in order. And so as I'm re-declaring my dependence on you, I've got to confess something. I just worry chronically. In fact, in this same chapter, look deeper down into chapter 6 and look what he says in verse 25. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus, in this same kind of breath, same, same conversation with his people, he says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look, just consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Your Father He's even feeding those birds. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying, right? So he's bringing a gentle but sure correction to me that when I begin to worry and I've got to control and I've got to, you know, I'm freaking out because I, I want everything under my power and under my control and I've got to know, I've got to know what's happening tomorrow. It, this becomes, these six words become my confession. Okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to depend on you and I'm going to stop wringing my hands and worry. It's not getting me anywhere anyway. In fact, at the very end of chapter 6, he ends that chapter by saying, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you from your heavenly Father, right? Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think he's really giving us more commentary, more elaboration on that idea of give us today our daily bread and then pray that tomorrow and pray that the next day and God will be there to provide. But it, it brings me to a point of confession. I'm a chronic warrior. There's another confession. There's probably several, but there's another confession I have when I ponder those six words. And that is that actually I'm a very greedy man. The reality is I don't just want provision for the day. I don't just want daily bread. I want a whole lot more than that. And so that drew me to Philippians chapter 4 because this is, man, this is so convicting. This is where, again, I'm drawn to a point of confession before God because Paul, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, starting in verse 11, he says, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content 
whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I'm able to do all things through Him, through Christ who strengthens me. Guys, when I pray more deeply, God, my Father, give us today our daily bread, I then have to follow it with a confession. God, I'm a discontent man. I don't, I don't want, actually, what I just need today. I want so much more. And so rein in my passions, my discontent. Lord, I want to confess that to you, and I want to declare my dependence and really mean it. So let these words draw us to a point of confession, right? I worry. I want stuff. And maybe other things. As well. No, guys, there's legit stuff to worry about, okay? It's, it's legit. I'm not dismissing things that you've got on your mind. Um, maybe you have cancer, right? Maybe you're a single parent and, and wondering, especially right now, all the new layers of responsibility thrust upon you. Maybe you've lost your business because of what's going on in our economy. Um, guys, I didn't have to think for very long or dream those situations up. Those are just things going on within my family. <laughs> within my family, okay? I'm telling you, those are real things. But when those things start crowding in upon our souls and we begin to just worry and fret and just get, you know, the, the temperature just goes up with our anxiety and our, our, our desire to have it all right now. This prayer, I think, brings us back to where we need to be. We got to confess, Lord, I, I'm not pretending like those things don't exist, but I want to live in dependence on you. I want to seek first your kingdom. I want to seek your righteousness and wait for you to lead me and provide for me and care for me, okay? So I believe these six words, these simple words, just give us today our daily bread, are a declaration of dependence. I do believe that they draw us to a point of confession of sin. And then I want to take it just one layer deeper yet, because I believe that these six words are actually an invitation for more. I think it's like a doorway, an invitation for even more. Here's what I mean by that. When you think about um, manna, I want, to, I want to take you back to where I, I told you the story from Exodus of when the children of Israel were given manna, where God actually had another deeper layer of purpose and meaning when he provided manna. For that, I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. The reason I want to do that is because Deuteronomy is actually written, it's actually a very long sermon by Moses talking to the people, most of whom ha who have been born since that day several years earlier that manna first appeared in the ground like we read about back in Exodus. Now some have been born and, and, and they weren't there. They didn't hear all about that. So Moses is trying to give some explanation about this experience of eating manna. So in Deuteronomy chapter 8, look what he says. He says, carefully follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and take possession of this land now that the Lord swore to your fathers. Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you 
by letting you go hungry, and then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your fathers had not known, so that, right, yes, so that you could eat, but also so that you might learn that man doesn't actually live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So the real dependence that God was trying to bring on them was not just a dependence uh, in their mortal hunger, thus I need the manna to fill my stomach. It was that. It was deeper than that. It was, do you trust me? Are you actually feeding on my words? Are, Are you finding satisfaction in hearing from me and believing me and following me? So, guys, as you think about all of that, here's what we need to really pray as we pray those simple six words. God, I need my daily bread in your truth, in your words. I I need, God, for you to teach me. My hunger goes way deeper I need your truth. I need your word. And and sometimes putting us in situations where we are physically hungry are actually to draw us to a deeper level of saying, God, please feed me truth. And so my question to you, Veritas, are you feeding on the word of God during these days? Are Are you hungering to hear the words of God? Pray those six words asking him to just supply what you need for this day for sure. And then say, but God, I need my daily bread of just truth. Let me open this book and find sacred truths intended for me to sustain me and to carry me through. I believe that's a deeper level that Jesus is going to try to bring us to. If we really sincerely pray, give us today our daily bread. And then the last and I think most profound, deepest level of praying those six simple words, give us today our daily bread actually come from the book of John chapter 6, where Jesus takes this idea of bread and does something incredible with it as he refers to himself. So I want to read for you in John chapter 6, starting in verse 26. Jesus has, by the way, just fed the 5,000. You know, we talked about that a little bit ago in John chapter 6 earlier. He's fed the 5,000. That's important for you to know as we begin to read in verse 26. Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, you know, you're looking for me, talking to this crowd of people who've been following. You're looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves, right? You were among those that got to eat that beautiful bread that I created and you were filled. Look, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Because God, the Father, there he is bringing in the fatherhood of God, has set his seal of approval on him. Their response, well, what can we do to perform the works of God? What can we do to jump through the hoops? How can we perform for God? Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one that he has sent. All right, so what sign then are you going to give us, right, to do so, so so that we may believe you, they asked. What are you going to perform? You know, our ancestors, they got a little magic going. They, they, they ate the man in the wilderness, just as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat, right? Moses did some cool stuff. He gave them, do, do one of those magic tricks, Jesus. That's what Verse 32, Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. 
No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Wow. He's saying that mortal physical hunger can be satisfied for a moment, for a day. I'm offering you something far more that will satisfy you for eternity. The bread of God from heaven that is now Jesus, the one standing before you. He ends that that little piece there. I'm going to start in verse 47. Truly, I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I'm the bread of life. Your ancestors, yes, they ate the manna in the wilderness and then they died, right? It sustained them for their mortal life and then they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. I believe those six words in the Lord's Prayer, um, again, absolutely a declaration of dependence. We really are asking to give give us what we need for this day. It absolutely is a moment to confess our sins and say, actually, more than that, you know, all that. But if you stay there long enough in those six words, they're going to drive you right to Jesus. He's going to say, guys, I'm the ultimate sustainer, the eternal sustainer. I can give you what the real hunger of your souls is crying out for, eternal life. I I can give you bread. It's going to last for a day. I can give you far more. And so when he gave his life, he even symbolized the giving of his life as the breaking of bread. And that's why even this morning, guys, the the only, in my mind, fitting way to like conclude our thoughts or or meditations on these six simple words, give us today our daily bread, is to have communion together. And so guys, I've brought bread and the cup. And uh, if you've prepared for this in your home, that's awesome. I, I would love to lead us together in this. If, if you didn't prepare for it, that's, it's totally cool. And, and maybe even some of you are saying, well, I, I don't really feel comfortable doing communion in my home. I, I want to wait till we can all do that together. I, I get it. Totally fine. But for those that want to enter in and just really celebrate this morning, the ultimate like fulfillment of that prayer, give us today our daily bread by looking to Jesus. I brought in actually one of those beautiful loaves uh, that my friend John made. In fact, uh, he, he baked it just for me, just for this, this moment. And it is exquisite and it is beautiful. I wish that you could smell it. And I think in some ways, symbolically, the perfect Jesus Christ was shattered and broken so that we could live. So taking this absolutely exquisite bread and just crushing it and ripping it apart is actually kind of the shocking but appropriate way to remember what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me, our true bread. So in these moments, will you break bread? Will you take some of it and remember that Jesus said, when you come together, Take the bread and remember that I gave my life so that you could live. Let's break bread together.
And Jesus went further in that moment. They were at a meal time together. They, they were having this, this celebration, Passover meal together. And so he grabbed the, the cup. And he said, in the future, when you gather together to remember me, I want you to take the bread and I want you to tear it apart and I want you to take it and remember that I am the bread of heaven that have been broken for you and that I want you to take the cup to remember that my blood was poured out for you, my life poured out so that you could live. I would be broken, I would shed blood so that you would ultimately live. And you can eat mortal bread and keep eating it and then finally die. What I'm saying is I'm offering you life beyond the grave. I'm offering you eternity. Remember the way, the gateway that I gave you to believe in me is through the spilled blood that is for you and for me. And so let's take the cup together. Jesus, you're teaching us how to pray. And in so many ways, Lord, I feel like I've never known how to pray until these moments that you've, you've taught me again how to come to you, how, how thankful I am, Lord Jesus, that you just become so personal to me when I pray the way that you've taught me to pray. And in this day, Lord, I pray that you would teach us to pray with hands lifted. Give us today our daily bread. Every layer of meaning, every implication, Lord, we're ready to receive it. We're ready to honor you. Lord, hear us as we pray. And thank you. Thank you for teaching us. Oh, how we love you, Lord Jesus. And we pray in your precious name. Amen.